Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hashtag Murder. Woo! I'm Scar. I'm Alex. And we are millennials who love murder. And mimosas. Yeah, we just got back from brunch where we had a carafe of mimosa, which I don't know why I was drinking it so slowly. That's not typical Not typical me. you, no. <laughs> That's not me fashion. Very weird. Very strange. Oh, uh, so yesterday, Harley and I, and Brayden, and Maverick, stumbled across a, like, pop-up shopping thing mm-hmm. um, after we got brunch yesterday. Um, and I got you a little something. Ooh, a present? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think you're gonna like it. It was like a little art fair thing. Prickly pear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> like a little ring holder that says douche canoe (laughs) this is so great isn't that fun this is fun wait what does sugar say i can't tell you oh (laughs) damn it that's so cute it actually says sugar tits on it (laughs) sugar (laughs) harley was like is this appropriate and i said uh yes (laughs) she will love that because sugar is obviously her nickname and she's going through breast cancer so i think she will appreciate a little ring holder It says sugar tits. tits. Mine says douche canoe, so I love this so much. (laughs) Isn't that fun? It is so fun. Uh, Prickly pear. Um, Oh, hold on. One moment. I know the the chick's name. Uh, Shout out to this chick. Yeah, her name is... Oh, I thought I took a picture. Oh, I did. Her name is Melissa Dennis. Melissa Dennis. Yep. And she does the prickly pear pottery. Thank um, you so much, Melissa. And all of her stuff had a bunch of different, like, fun little sayings. One said cool beans. I got one that that. says... (laughs) I got one that says, ew, feelings. <laughs> That's definitely you. Yeah. I was like, these are so neat. I love it. Um, so yeah, that was our little, our little. Um... Apparently Brayden is like just broadcasting our, our podcast. He's like our, our own little PR rep, 11 year old Brayden. He's so excited. He told everybody at every single booth. <laughs> uh, one of the chicks was like, That's fun that you have somebody, you have like a kid promoting your, <laughs> your murder show. your murder podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which he has never listened to. But we are going to do a episode with him that will be kid friendly. I don't know get... if it's going to be me and Alex or me and Harley and Braid, but we're all going to do it together. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Speaking of a little, uh, I think we're doing an art heist. Oh, he'll like that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fun. Hopefully it's out in a couple weeks. We'll see how it goes. He wanted to record that day. (laughs) He's just like his mother. Yeah. I was like, Braid, we got to do some research. We got to kind of look into this and get an actual story and then we can put it out. So he's super stoked. He's excited. Okay. So I, Scar, am going to tell Alex a story. It's a Scarisode. It is. Oh, I like that. A Scarisode. Yeah, Scarisode. That's fun. Um, and this is the Caffey Family Massacre. That's, wow. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? I don't think so. Yeah, I had neither. And I stumbled, a- where are we at? Stumbled across it. Or like what year and state? Uh, we're in Texas. Oh, you love a Texas murder. <laughs> we're going back to Texas. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, um, this is bad. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Sure. All right. So this episode, we are going to Rains County, Texas. Rains County, Texas. <laughs> uh, which is very small. Uh, it's a small little town, and it's kind of the place where, like, generations of families are. Like, no one ever leaves Rains County. Oh, it's like Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Good job. <laughs> Uh, you know that song? I yes. think I sang it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the Caffey family consists of Terry and Penny. Oh, Terry. Is Terry short for Terold? <laughs> Terold. <laughs> oh, that's Clinton's middle name. And their father's fir- no. first name. First name? Middle, middle name. name. Middle name. <laughs> uh, Terold. It's so bad. I don't know what anyone in that family was thinking. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Uh, okay, so Terry and Penny, that's mm-hmm. dad and mom, oldest child, Aaron, and two younger sons, Tyler and Matthew. Um, and Matthew also goes by Bubba. If you didn't know, uh, Sugar also calls me Bubba, because <laughs> one time when we were working in retail, this old man came in to pay his bill on the kiosk, and he looked at me, and Sugar was being real spicy to him, because naturally that's her, that's what she does. It's her default. And she, yeah, she looked at him, or he looked at me, and he's like, Bubba, we gotta get these women in control. And I was like, yeah, no. I'm a girl. I'm a lady. I'm a lady. <laughs> It's ma'am. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Okay. Anywho. Uh, so Tyler and Matthew, a.k.a. Bubba, and the Caffey family had moved to Rains County in 2005. Um, oh, Aaron's birthday is July 27th, 1991, which is six months older than me, and she's a Leo, and mm. we're going to get some real, like, classic Leo energy coming from Aaron oh. later in the story. Leos are a little too much for me. Yeah, very loud, center of attention. Yeah, I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Leo. (laughs) Go sit down, please. Uh, But I do love Leos. Yeah. They're just a lot. That's fine. That's okay. You can be a lot. Um, Okay, so one of Aaron's friends, Charlene, said that Penny was a great mother, was always there if her or Aaron or any of their other friends needed someone to talk to, and that Terry, Aaron's father, was always very engaged in the family, always in the picture. Just, she had a really great set of parents. So Terry works full-time, and Penny is a stay-at-home mom. And she homeschools all three of her children, Aaron, Tyler, and Matthew. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. Homeschooling sounds horrific. Could you imagine homeschooling Brayden? <laughs> I can't imagine homeschooling anyone. I need you to leave the house for, what is it, six hours, seven hours? Yeah. Get out of my hair so I can take a nap. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, and catch up on my shows. Um, okay, so the entire family was very big on religion. Once again, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet. Yeah, we're getting a we're getting a Southern Baptist. Oh, yeah, back here, uh, to be exact. And it, they attended Miracle Faith Baptist Church. I'm and- gonna vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very church-centered family. And Terry, the father, uh, was actually working on becoming an ordained minister, which, can't you just do that online? Can't you just apply for it? and Because mm-hmm. you can I, do, yeah, like, weddings and shit, right? Yeah, you can, like, get a certificate and stuff. I think you just can take a class and, yeah. and do it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. But I guess if you wanted to be, like, a you know, someone that knew his stuff, maybe it was more in-depth. And stuff, you know, wasn't as far online then as it is now. That's true, because that was, what, almost, shit, it's almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Um, it's 30. 2005. 30 it's almost 30 years ago. Because we're in, wait, oh, it's 2005. I thought we were talking about 1991. Oh, shit, it <laughs> That's wasn't almost was 20 born. years ago. Yeah. yeah Isn't that crazy? I was in fifth grade. I think I was finishing eighth grade? Yeah. You're three years older than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Going into freshman year. Wild. Um, okay. So the Kathy, Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> 
Uh, so the Caffey family as a whole was very involved in this church. Aaron was in the choir. The boys played instruments. Penny played piano. They were a very, um, like, musical family. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the one Caffey family member who always shined the most was Aaron. She had a great singing voice and really stood out during church services. And she just, people like listening to her sing. Leo. Yeah. There's that center of attention coming right back at us. Yep. So this way of living starts to shift for Erin whenever she turns 15. Hmm. Yeah. Teenage angst years. Yep. She's been homeschooled her whole life. Uh, Really the only way that she can meet new people, especially like people her own age, was at church. So she's wanting to get out into the world and not be so entrenched in her family. Yeah. It's like a little like a fishbowl almost. Yes. Yep. She's on the inside looking out and she wants to be a part of. Yeah. More than just her little hobunk town. Yep, exactly. So, in 2007, in order to break away a little bit, Erin talks her parents into letting her get a job. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, Erin gets a job at Sonic. Oh, the roller skating to yeah. the car thing. Oh, yeah. And Erin was totally into it. She loved the being a car hop, and she was excited that she was going to get out of the house, make her own money, and be able to spend time with different groups of people. And she's meeting new people, like driving food to them, or like, you know, d- delivering to her our skates exactly I, w- I would eat shit in concrete <laughs> but um yeah i'm sporty but not that sporty <laughs> cannot do that yeah and sonic has uh, the blast with all the, the like the stuff mixed into the ice cream yeah not as good as dairy queen but still good yep um okay so aaron was thriving working at sonic and then she convinced terry and penny to let her attend actual school the upcoming year like real school like not homeschool correct okay yep and she went to Rains high school home of the wildcats yeah that was that was fun <laughs> uh, so this was Aaron's junior year and she's just now essentially just now being integrated into society um so what could go wrong oh I bet she meets a bad boy she meet a bad boy <laughs> on a motorcycle with like like, uh, uh, like grease uh well we'll get there okay <laughs> Or is she a lesbian? Demonic lesbian. Yeah. Uh, which one's worse? Oh, I'm going to have to go lesbian. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it should be noted that Erin is like, she's super pretty. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes, fair skin. She's little. She's a pretty girl. So it does not take long for her to become like the most popular girl at school. Okay. Didn't take long at all. And Erin is thriving. This is like a whole new world for Erin. A whole new <laughs> and she's a leo so she loves attention if you're not into the the zodiac stuff people you should get into it yeah don't let your boyfriend fool you it's kind of accurate <laughs> my sign's not super accurate but my rising and moon signs super accurate yeah it's a thing um okay so literally within the first few weeks here at aaron's new school she grabs the attention of the very popular 18 year old senior charlie wilkinson and Aaron was a smitten kitten. Oh, spicy. Yeah, like she's never she's never had a boyfriend or like Yeah, she's never the had only this... boys she's met at her at church and I I'm sure that boys are somewhat on their best behavior. Well, we know Dustin and Clinton, so I can't really say they're they're on their best behavior, but they're probably a little behaved. Yeah. Not as feral. Exactly. So, Charlie was a good old Texas boy through and through. Yeehaw. Yeah, he had the boots, he had the belt buckle, he had the hat, 
he was like a true uh, depiction of a cowboy. Oh boy. Yep. Um, and Aaron was just eating up all this attention from him because he's a boy and he's a good Southern Baptist. Um, he's probably Southern Baptist boy. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good Southern boy giving her attention. And he's the most popular boy in school. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. Okay. It didn't take long for the two of them to become like completely inseparable. It was an immediate connection and they were obsessed with each other from day one. So maybe they are lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're going to U-Haul. All right. So while Terry and Penny were happy for their daughter, they also didn't want to give her too much leash because, okay. you know, she's just starting out in society. Yeah. You got to give her some pebbles first. Yes. But I mean, Erin seems to really be thriving in this new life. She's got the new job, new school, new friends, new boyfriend. She doesn't completely hate her parents. Which is shocking for a teenager. Yeah. Uh, so things are going well. I feel like things would have gone differently in the story had she gone to regular school to begin with. I feel like if you're a homeschool kid and then you're just like shoved out into the world, whether it's in like high school or like maybe even college, it doesn't always go well because you don't have as much time to integrate. Exactly. Yeah. Taking that time to really get to know how to interact with people Mm -hmm. and how to read people and having like those social cues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So fast forward just a smidge to Saturday, March 1st, 2008. Rains County Dispatch gets a jarring call at 4.15 a.m. Ain't nothing going well at 4.15 in the morning. Yep. Uh, so it's a man named Tommy Gaston. Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Uh, and Tommy tells Dispatch that there is a man at his home who has been shot. Well... <laughs> Who the fuck is Tommy? Yeah. So Tommy had heard banging on his front door, um, and he surprisingly answers the door at 4.15 in the morning. Uh, No. Yeah. I would not be answering the door. Um, And it's 41-year-old Terry Caffey. Oh, no. And Terry is a bloodied mess and barely clinging on to life. Then Tommy relays that not only is Terry in horrible shape, but that the Caffey house is on fire. Oh, shit. This is the Caffey's neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this ain't going well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so emergency services are dispatched to the Caffey home. And this is like full on. The house is like burning to the ground. Blaze, like, okay. Yes. Um, it's completely engulfed in flames. Great. Yeah, so firefighters work on the house, uh, and EMS work to save Terry Caffey's life. There's so much going on here. Like, gigantic fire, man dying. Where's the family? Uh, well, we'll get to that. Okay. Yep. So, Terry Caffey had been shot four times, three to the back, and one to the face. Oh. Yeah. This man is in critical condition. Like, I don't even know how... I don't even know how he made it to his neighbor's house. Yeah. His pure adrenaline. Yeah. To save his kids. Exactly. So despite this, Terry is able to communicate to authorities that an intruder had broken into their home, attacked his entire family, and then set the home on fire. I'm impressed that he was able to communicate this after being shot in the head. Yeah. Not just in the head, the face. He was shot in the face. And he was shot four times. It's crazy. So Terry also tells them that his wife... Penny and his three children, Aaron, Tyler, and Matthew, are still inside the home. That's not good. Yeah, this is not gonna be good. So, Terry was rushed to the hospital, and it takes a few hours to put this fire out. So, firefighters are no longer thinking that this is a rescue mission, if the family was still inside, but a recovery mission. For, like, bodies. Okay, evidence and bodies, got it. Yeah. 
Um, so this house had literally burned all the way down to the foundation. That's hard. It wasn't put out, like, at all until it was completely destroyed, which is wild. So in the rubble, um, this is about to get real sad. Authorities find the bodies of 39-year-old Penny Caffey, 13-year-old Tyler Caffey, and 8-year-old Matthew Caffey. That's just sad. Yeah. But Aaron was not in the home. They did not find Aaron's remains in the home. So what's going on here? What's so, happening? So like, did she escape or uh, kidnapping situation? Yeah. So authorities are thinking either she got out of the house and she's like mortally wounded or she was possibly kidnapped by whoever was in the home. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what's happening at this point. Um, and a search team actually, like, fans out and searches the 20-acre property behind their house. No sign of Erin. So if she was injured, she probably wasn't going to make it that far. No, I mean, she would have made it maybe to the neighbor's house like her dad did. Exactly. So this whole time they've been searching for Erin, her father, Terry, has been in emergency surgery. So here we are. Erin is missing, and their only other witness is undergoing this massive surgery to save his life. So authorities have no idea what's going on. They have nothing to go off of. So investigators start sifting through the debris from the house and they find two shell casings uh, from a 22 and some other bullet fragments. And that's about it. Like mostly everything else has been completely destroyed. Yeah, I mean, because the whole house burned down. Yeah. So news of the murders and the fire spreads around town and the community is like flabbergasted. This family is one of the best, well-known, church-going families. Yeah, they're just nice people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, autopsies on Penny, Tyler, and Matthew all revealed that they were victims of a violent and brutal attack. So, who is it that hates this family? Police have zero leads, and they're also afraid that the clock is ticking on finding Erin actually alive. Yeah, whether she's kidnapped, dead, yeah, whatever. Because kidnappings, I mean, if you don't find them within the first... Or she could have just done normal teenage shit and snuck out of the house. So maybe she doesn't even know that her family's dead. That's true. Like, they, they have know. no idea where she is. Yeah. So doctors and medical staff back at the hospital have actually saved Erin's father's life. I don't know, like... He lives. If I would want to live knowing that all of my family and my kids are dead. Yeah. That'd be awful. Yeah. It's sad. Um, all right. So now we're going to get the story from Terry and what a story it is. He remembered everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. I know. Um, and of course he's like on a lot of drugs, so he's like in and out of it, but he clearly remembers this night, which is wild. So Terry recounts that he and his family were all asleep in bed whenever he started hearing gunshots and he woke up and someone was in the doorway of him and Penny's bedroom shooting in their direction. Oh no. Terrifying. Hate it. Um, So at this point Terry was shot three times in the back and one time in the face and the bullet uh, that hit him in the face. Yeah. It actually went through his cheek and came out by his ear. So, like, it's good that it didn't hit any, you know, no brain. brain. Uh, But, yeah, that probably shattered his jaw, I'm assuming. Like, that's terrifying and extremely painful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Terry tried to protect his wife, got between Penny and the gunman to protect her, and then he was shot one more time in the back which literally knocked him off of the bed and onto the floor on the other side of the bed. Oh, shit. Yeah, so Terry's on the floor, and 
yeah, this is just not a good scene. Um, and this is whenever Terry loses consciousness. So, assuming both Terry and Penny are dead, the shooters leave the room. Terry comes back to and hears more gunshots coming from upstairs, and then he passes out again. Like, he cannot... He's been shot fucking four times. So he just can't <laughs> stay awake. Yeah. Uh, so Terry wakes up again, and this time his entire bedroom is on fire. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, whenever I was a child, I was full-on convinced that I and my entire family were going to die in a house fire. Oh, I saw an episode of CSI where... I was fully convinced. I've seen an episode of CSI that reminds me of this story that you're telling, but then I saw another episode where the house caught on fire, and and so now me and Whitney are terrified that the house is going to catch on fire one day, knock on wood, but we have to... Yeah, we have a game plan. I'm going to grab a cat, she's going to grab the dog, and we're going to be good. Yeah, but I was full-on convinced. I think it was, remember whenever, like, firefighters would come to your school? Oh, yeah, and, and you do you like, about... stop, drop, and roll, and all this other shit, and scared the shit out of me. Yeah, they're like, you can burn alive. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad at my parents that I did not have a ladder <laughs> outside of my window. <laughs> I was, like, eight, and I was mad. Uh, uh, but our house never caught on fire. It was fine. Um, okay. So Terry wakes up again and his entire bedroom's on fire. Whenever he gets up, he went to his wife, Penny, and saw that she was laying lifeless in a pool of her own blood. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, so then Terry tries to get upstairs, but unfortunately the fire is too big and he just, he can't get through the smoke and the flames. Okay. So somehow Terry made it to uh, the first floor bathroom through all of the flames and smoke and he climbed out of the bathroom window. Okay. And this is when he basically crawled like 400 yards to his neighbor's house. That's which, impressive. Which is Tommy. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. But I mean, if you're injured like that, there's... There's lots of adrenaline going. Yep. You're just... Exactly. Motivated not to die. Yep. Uh, So here's the thing. Terry knows who the shooter is. So he saw his face when he was shooting at him. Saw his face and heard his voice. Uh, And guess who... Guess who it was? I'm gonna assume it was maybe Charlie. Yep. It was Charlie Wilkinson, who was Aaron's 18-year-old boyfriend. Fantastic. Yep, that she had just started dating, what, four months ago? Five months ago? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that time frame. Uh, so, remember that tight leash that we talked about earlier? Yeah. Uh, with Erin and her parents and oh, yeah. them not wanting her to, like, go crazy? Yeah. Um, Understandably, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, apparently, it was a little bit tighter than it seemed from the outside looking in. Okay. Yeah. So, Penny and Terry basically didn't really like Charlie from the beginning. Like, he started out fine, uh, and then things quickly went downhill. Is it because he's a just their, their kid's boyfriend? Like, I feel like that's a normal thing to not like your kid's boyfriend. Uh, yes and no. He did give some red flags here. Here and there? Uh, okay. Yeah. So, at first, Penny and Terry approved. Okay. Because, A, he's a good old country boy. Mm-hmm. B, he fished. He hunted. Okay. Normal- that's what everybody does. Texas. Yep, and see, he had just joined the Texas National Guard, or okay. was thinking about doing it. I can't remember which one. And D, he had given Aaron a promise ring that actually belonged to his grandmother. Okay, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, and E, Aaron really liked him. Okay, So these are all the reasons why they liked him in the first place. But not too long into Aaron and Charlie's relationship, Aaron's grades start to slip, and she'd skip school, and she was just acting out, and she was so infatuated with Charlie that she literally could not focus on anything else in her life. I mean, I feel like that's normal. 
girl has a first boyfriend things. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, everybody's been there, done that. So, Penny and Terry do the thing that parents do and see what they can find out about Charlie on the internet. Mm. Yeah. So, Penny found Charlie's MySpace page. Do you remember MySpace? Oh, I did. I had a MySpace. It's where you would rank your friends. Yeah. I keep saying that at work we shouldn't use quantum, which is like how we like get feedback and stuff. Yeah. About our peers and our bosses and we should use MySpace (laughs) and rank all of our like peers in the order in which they do their jobs well. Yeah, I knew you liked the best. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. God, MySpace caused so many fights. Oh, so many. Like you took me off your... If you could, like, uh, put, like, background music on your page, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. We all mm-hmm. learned code at a very oh, yeah. young age. At a very young age, we knew how to use code. <laughs> we could put music in and backgrounds mm-hmm. and font types. It was a thing. I loved it. I was obsessed. Oh, shit. Okay, so mom's looking at Charlie's MySpace. Um, and she saw that Charlie's online presence was much different from how he portrayed himself to be. Apparently, he's a good actor. Okay. Yeah. Penny saw that Charlie had a bit of a potty mouth. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and enjoyed an alcoholic beverage now and then. Um, and this just wasn't going to fly for their 16-year-old daughter, Erin. Charlie is not the kind of person that they wanted around her. I mean, is that the worst thing in the world, having beer and... He's 18. He's, eight, like, oh He's a God. teenager. Yeah. Meh. Eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, February 27th, 2008, like four months into Aaron and Charlie's relationship, and three days prior to the murders happening, mm-hmm. Penny and Terry put their feet down and made Aaron cut things off with Charlie. That's just going to make things worse. Yeah. It's not good. This is bad. But actually, Aaron agrees with her parents. All seems well. Um, but then she tells Charlie that she can't see him anymore, and Charlie is not happy about this. Wait, did she actually mean this, or was she, like, playing a card to make it so she could secretly date Charlie? She might have been acting. Okay. It might have all been an act. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, back to the day after the murders took place. Aaron still nowhere to be found. So, like, did Charlie murder her entire family and kidnap her? Because that could track... Like, if he wants to be with her, and, and the thing standing between that is... Is her family. Exactly. And, you know, she's obsessed with him, he's obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, that tracks. I can get that. I can get that line. Yeah. So, police need to find Charlie Wilkinson ASAP. Yep. They need to locate him. Okay. So, it turns out that one of the police officer's sons is good friends with Charlie, and he knows where he's been living, which is in a trailer with a buddy, like a mile away from the cafe house. Real sneaky. Yeah. So, police head to this trailer, not fully knowing what they're about to walk into, but the front door was unlocked, so they let themselves in. The house is disgusting. It's like dirty, clothes everywhere, trash everywhere, gross. And they find Charlie, and he's asleep in the back bedroom on a mattress on the floor. And they notice a handgun laying next to the mattress. Um... (laughs) Which, I don't know why they didn't pick up the gun before they woke up the boy. They were just like, yo, wake up, bitch. And I'm assuming he... Yeah, so Charlie wakes up and goes for the gun. Duh. I thought that was so stupid. Uh, And police tell him that it wouldn't end well if he was intending on using it. So, Charlie complies and he is taken into custody. And Charlie says that he has no idea what the officers are talking about. Sure. Yep, with the house and the family and Aaron, he knows nothing. But police get a search warrant for the trailer. They find Charlie's bloodstained boots, several 22 casings, and live ammunition, and a used condom. (laughs) Yeah, gross. Just laying on the floor. 
I'm glad I don't have to use those anymore. Nasty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it. So so gross. Um, okay. And when an officer is searching a pile of clothes in the floor of the closet, he sees something that startles him. A rat. <laughs> no. No. He sees. Oh, he sees a pair of eyes peeking out from the pile of clothes. I said a rat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a rat. It was fucking Aaron. Oh, you're so weird. Also, that's nasty. Why do you want to lay under a bunch of dirty clothes? Yeah. So Aaron has been found. Aaron's not very good at hide and seek. Yeah. So they they don't know why she's... They don't know anything yet. They still don't know anything. So they're probably assuming that Charlie was holding her hostage after killing her entire family. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that's what they think. But it's bonkers. So Aaron, uh, whenever she's found, she was very disoriented and confused and didn't know what was going on or where she was or how she even got there. So she has no idea what's happened. So maybe they think she was drugged. Yeah, and she did bring that up um, at one point. I don't think I put that in here, but she did mention that. So police call an ambulance to take Aaron to the hospital so they can make sure everything is copacetic. Okay. And when she gets to the hospital... Very nice word, copacetic. Thank you. Yeah. $10 word. I'll mm-hmm. take it. That would probably end up on Clinton's word of the day. <laughs> copacetic? Copacetic. You should <laughs> <Yeah>. ask him. <laughs> yeah. All right, so whenever she gets to the hospital, she's still in shock. Investigators ask her if she remembers anything from the night of the murders, and Aaron says she woke up in the middle of the night to her home being on fire and that two people, dressed in all black, kidnapped her from her home. Uh-huh. And that they didn't have guns, that each that each of these kidnappers had swords. Oh. Are... <laughs> so, like, says fucking ninjas. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, two attackers with swords. All right. Oh, phone did that thing again. Okay, swords. So, Aaron also goes on to say that she complied with these two people because she was scared and didn't know what else to do, and that she had no idea who these people were and no idea what happened after this. Yep, she didn't want to get stabbed with the sword. Yep, ninjas. Ninjas, ninjas in the night. So, investigators then inform Aaron that her mother very sad that her mother and two younger brothers did not survive and Aaron is completely heartbroken but they tell her that her father did survive and Aaron is extremely relieved by this okay yeah cool Yep, so Terry had been taken to a hospital in Tyler, Texas, which was about an hour from Raines County, uh, which is where Aaron was. Mm -hmm. So authorities are given the green light to take Aaron to the hospital her father is at so they can be reunited. And whenever Terry gets the news that Aaron has been found alive, he's ecstatic. He's like over the moon. He cannot believe that his daughter has survived this horrible attack. Yeah, he probably thought that his daughter was, you know, maybe inside the home or like that's been burned so badly that she wasn't recovered, you know, anything. Exactly. Yep. And he's just been sitting there at the hospital thinking about how he's just lost his entire family. Yeah, that would be wild news to get. So back at the police station where investigators have been questioning Charlie, Charlie's still playing dumb and acting like he has no idea what they're talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then investigators inform Charlie that they have found Aaron in his trailer. And this is whenever Charlie finally cracks. Yeah, because he knows that he needs to throw her under the bus before she throws him under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. It's all... Oh, my God. Okay. So investigators ask Charlie if he kidnapped Aaron. And Charlie says no. And then they ask, well, how did she get back to your trailer? And Charlie says... She got in the car. Uh, she got in the car? What are you, what, what car? What are we talking about? 
<laughs> what is going on here? So Charlie also confesses that he was in fact involved with the assault on the Caffey family, but that he wasn't the mastermind behind it all. Chucky seems not... <laughs> All together there. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Chuck? I feel like he's talking in code. Like, he's, I think he's just, just spit stu- it out. He's just stupid. Yeah. So Charlie goes on to say that on Friday, Aaron called him saying yet again that she was not allowed to see him. And Charlie had suggested to Aaron that she run away until she's 18. Then she can come back so they could be together. Oh. Weird suggestion. Teenagers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Aaron's like, uh, no, I don't like that plan. And... <laughs> Apparently, Aaron said that she would rather kill her entire family. That's a little dramatic. Yeah. She must have been taking lessons from Betty Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her plan is to murder her whole family so she can be with this boy that she's known for four months. That makes sense. Murder your whole family that you've known your whole life and be with a boy that oh you barely God. know. Yeah. It's crazy. So, Aaron had convinced Charlie that there was no other option other than to murder her entire family. Fantastic. Yep. So, in order to pull this off, they're going to need help. So, what does Charlie do? He calls up his friend, Charles Wade, who was 19. And Charles is, like, completely on board. Really no questions asked. No. <laughs> it's so These kids weird. Are stupid. Yeah. So, Charlie promised Charles two grand that they were going to steal from the Caffey home because they thought there was cash in the house. Dumbasses. Yeah. Um, And not only was Charles going to be involved, but his 18-year-old girlfriend, Bobby Johnson, was also roped into all of this. Bobby Joe. (laughs) Bobby Joe. (laughs) Now, Methany. Now, Methany. You guys can listen in to Joe Metheny, that case, and you will understand our references. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, okay, so yeah, Bobby Johnson was also pulled into all of this to be the getaway driver. What the fuck? So we have four teenagers that are just like, eh, let's... We're gonna murder a whole family. Let's just do it. No questions asked. No... This is the day before this happened. This is poor planning, guys. Yeah. So he just calls up Charles and is like, hey, will you help me kill my girlfriend's family? Charles is like, let's do it. Why not? He's like, Bobby Joe, (laughs) you gotta drive the getaway car. Make sure you drive real fast. Yeah, it's wild. Charlie goes on to say that he, Charles, and Bobby parked the getaway car a little ways down the street around 2.30 that morning on March 1st, which is where Aaron had instructed them to park and wait for everyone to go to sleep, Okay. the rest of her family. So, once the family was sleeping, Erin snuck out of her own home to meet up with everyone. Okay. Erin gets in the car, and they start devising their game plan, because there was no plan, because they discussed this, like, 12 hours prior. Um, and actually, the initial plan was just to kill Terry and Penny, but in the last minute, Charles, the friend, suggests to kill her younger brothers as well, because they might be witnesses, to which Erin says... I don't care. Just do whatever you have to do. You know, these are your brothers. <laughs> your baby brothers. These are younger siblings. And she's just like, well, you know, if they're there, go ahead and do it. She's, oh my God. Isn't that crazy? I couldn't imagine telling my boyfriend or girlfriend at the time, you know what? Just kill my sister Savannah. It's fine. Whatever yeah. you got to do. No. Erin's 16. She's 16. This is fucked up. Uh, okay. So Aaron and Bobby wait in the car while Charlie and Charles enter the cafe home with two twenty-twos and two swords. Oh, they actually did bring two swords. So they swords. actually did have the swords. 
Which is so like... weird. I feel like these kids uh, played too much Mortal Kombat growing up. Yeah. Guns and swords. So strange. Okay. So this is truly horrific. Charlie and Charles busted into Penny and Terry's room. Charlie started using his 22 to shoot at the couple. That last shot knocking Terry off the bed. And then Charlie's gun jammed. So Charles took it upon himself to stab Penny with the sword through the neck. Oh no. Terrifying. Horrific. Gruesome. Brutal. I don't know what other words I can say. It's so bad. This is a horror movie. Yeah, it's so bad. Uh, So then, Charlie and Charles, they go upstairs to finish off Tyler and Matthew, which is so With the swords, I'm assuming, because the gun's jammed. Probably, yeah. Um, There wasn't too much detail on that, which... That's fine. I don't want to hear I'm about children totally, getting murdered. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. So so after the murders took place, Charlie and Charles rummaged through the house looking for cash um, or other small things to steal. And then they set the house on fire by going through the house and setting random uh, furniture and stuff everything on fire. on fire. Yep. So they make their way back to the car and they leave the area. And as they're driving away, Aaron allegedly looks back at the house and she says holy shit that's awesome about the house being on fire yes she's a so- sociopath okay <laughs> this is why we don't homeschool our kids she is psychotic this is re- this is reason numero uno why we do not homeschool children <laughs> They need to be integrated into society. (laughs) It's so crazy. So Charlie goes on to say that Bobby and Charles dropped him off or dropped him and Aaron off at the trailer after it was all done and threw the swords and guns into a nearby creek. And that whenever Charlie and Aaron got back to the trailer, they had sex and fell asleep. They had sex after they murdered her entire family. Yep just murdered four people in cold blood they go back to his disgusting shitty trailer have sex and just fall asleep everything's fine um okay so they just murdered four people well they thought it was four people it's actually three yeah um so charlie says he did it um because he thought he was in love Um, no i think it's because he had a heart on yeah Yeah, and he said this during his uh, interrogation. He said he thought he was in love, but now he's not so sure. Okay. So, Charlie is arrested for three counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. Now, while Charlie is confessing to all of this, remember Aaron's dad is in the other hospital and they were going to drive Aaron to the hospital? So, Aaron is literally on her way to see her father. So, So, once Charlie confesses, investigators immediately call the transport people and are like, hey... You know that kidnapped little girl that you're taking to see uh, the only remaining member of her family? Yeah, she planned this whole thing. Awkward. (laughs) So they stop. They instruct Aaron to get out of the car. She does. She doesn't resist. She doesn't fight back. She doesn't even really say anything. And Aaron is brought to the station. Okay. So now they have Charlie and Aaron. They need to find Charles and Bobby. They locate Charles, who was driving Bobby's car, and Charles had just dropped off Bobby at work. So they stop Charles, bring him in, they go to the restaurant where Bobby works, and they bring her in too. Crazy. Could you imagine just getting... (laughs) The next day, he just drives his girlfriend to to work work and everything's fine. Everything's normal. Yeah. So once Charles and Bobby learn that Charlie has confessed, they follow suit and they confess as well. So Charles explains that he was only in it for the money because he would... Because he was extremely strapped for cash. You were only getting two grand. He's what 18. Like, what? You're, eight, you're what are, eight. You don't even have a real job yet, I'm sure. What bill what do, you do you need, need to pay? Ah, uh, it's crazy. 
But yeah, Charles showed zero emotion, no remorse, so bizarre. He did not even know this family. He just, ugh, it's crazy. But whenever they interviewed Bobby, uh, she lost it. She spilled everything. She spilled all the tea. Yeah, um, and she showed all the emotions. She was really struggling with this. Um, she also stated that she was trying to talk them, Charlie and Charles, out of everything, but that she just couldn't stop it because Aaron was so determined. Any one of them could have stopped this yeah, just at any time. Maybe we shouldn't murder a whole family. Maybe we should just date in secret. Yeah. Anything else? Or how about the both of you run away? Yeah. Because remember, he suggested that Aaron run away. Why don't you both run away? Yeah, just both. You're 18. You can, I mean, it's technically kidnapping and be like <laughs> Chioma again, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. So police break the news to Terry that Aaron has planned this whole thing. And Terry just like cannot believe it. He's devastated um, and angry and just overwhelmed by this whole situation. He's probably in disbelief, too. He doesn't think that his little angelic daughter could do that. His 16-year-old daughter. Ah, it's crazy. So, all four teens are charged with three counts of capital murder. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. All four of them. Uh, even Bobby. I mean, she could have stopped it. She could have stopped it. But she, I mean, she was just driving the car. It's crazy. I would have just charged her as an accessory, but... It's Texas. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're getting fried, babe. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, because any one of them could have stopped this, so they're all charged with capital murder. I know. (laughs) It's the mimosa. Uh, So, prosecution wanted to get the death penalty for both Charlie and Charles, but... Terry, Aaron's father, requested that the death penalty be taken off of the table. Terry stated that he wanted to forgive his daughter, but that he couldn't forgive her without forgiving the other three that were involved. That's big of him. Yeah. Oh, that's much higher person than I would ever be. Yeah, no. That's not happening. So, in November 2008, the prosecution reaches a deal in regards to Charlie and Charles. They both pled guilty to capital murder and accept sentences of life without the possibility of parole. At least they're not wasting their time with a trial, either. That's kind of nice. Yeah. So they get to sit in jail every day and think about what they've done. And they're 18, so they're probably going to live, what, 50 years? (laughs) 50 years, uh, probably at least 60. Yeah. In their 80s, yeah. As long as they're healthy. It's fucking crazy. So Bobby Johnson also pled guilty to murder, and she was sentenced to 40 years. I mean, she's still not getting out until she's 60, so yeah. that's basically life. It's wild. Um, And then a little bit later on, in February of 2009, Erin Caffey pleads guilty, and she is sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 25 years. So she's the one whose family died, and she only gets 25 years, and she planned the whole thing? Yeah. I thought that was strange. That's very strange. I feel like maybe they worked something out for Terry. Ah, well, she's still 16 and the other three are 18. Oh, so that makes more sense. They're all charged as adults and she is still a juvenile. That makes sense. Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so the prosecution tried to try Aaron as an adult, um, but since she was only 16 at the time, she wasn't eligible for either A, the death penalty, or B, life without the possibility of parole. Eh, okay. Yeah. So Aaron confessed that she was, in fact, a part of the plan to murder her family, but that she was not the mastermind. She's saying that Charlie was the mastermind. So it's hard to say. And that Charlie sounds like an idiot, so I'm not buying that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say who's telling the truth here. So, Terry has since forgiven his daughter, which is crazy, and (laughs) that's very... Good for uh, him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, Bobby Johnson will be eligible for parole after 24 years, whenever she's 39, and Aaron Caffey will be eligible for parole in 2038, whenever she's 47. And that's that on that. Oh, and Charlie and Charles, they're they're gone forever. Yeah, I mean... 
There's no getting out. I mean, I don't think you can slaughter children with swords without getting <sighs> at least life in prison. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. That's so crazy. It's That's literally like that episode of CSI, because uh, it's basically this girl gets her boyfriend to murder her entire family. But the reason she does it is because her father had been raping her the entire time, and her... Uh little sister was actually her daughter and it was an ancestral baby oh interesting i bet that is a real case it i'm sure it is we should find it yeah oh that's crazy oh you know um who was dustin talking about the other night i can't remember his name but it happened in like austria or Switzerland or somewhere. I don't fucking know. Um, but he kept his daughter in his in his like crawl space. No, not crawl space. He kept his <laughs> daughter. <a> <laughs> yeah, he kept his daughter in like a basement or like a cellar for like thirty years. That's wild. And had like they had a kid together and like oh, it that's was creepy. A, yeah, that's I know. Nasty. So I don't know. We'll have to cover that one too. Um. So yeah, <gasps> Kitty Katniss is giving herself a baffer. Hi, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> she's like, don't bother me. <laughs> She shot you some daggers. Shit. She always does. <laughs> I am your mother. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so remember where Aaron's job was? Sonic. We're gonna do some Sonic fun facts. Making me want ice cream. I know, right? Whitney would probably roll her eyes if she heard that, because I'm always in the mood for ice cream. <laughs> uh, that's a thing. Um, all right, so Sonic started out in Oklahoma as a root beer stand. Oh, and it was called root beer. <laughs> It was called Top Hat. I like that. Yeah. Um, and this, and here they also served hamburgers and fries. Um, there's an annual car hop off, like, skating competition to see who's the best skater. That's cool. That's rad. <laughs> yeah, and it's between, like, I guess every single restaurant. I think it said that last year's winner was some chick from Tennessee. That's cool. Yeah. And they have more than 1,063,953 drink combinations between fountain drinks and slushies. That's a lot. That's a lot of combinations. A lot of soda. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, well, that, that wore me out. And that also took a lot longer than I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, this was like, this is probably going to be an hour long. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Some Mortal Kombat shit. Yeah. Um, so, 16 killed her whole family. Well, she didn't. She she conspired. Yep. She's a little piece of shit. Yeah. You know what she yeah. is? She's a douche canoe. It all circles back. <laughs> Alright, thanks for hanging out. We'll release this when we release this. Yeah, could be Thursday. I don't know. Who knows? Could be next month. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're just could be tomorrow. <laughs> could be. Uh, Alright, well, thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye. Don't, bye, bye, bye. Don't murder anybody with a sword. <laughs> Uh, I like that we harmonized on that. Oh, yeah. This is so cute. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Whenever we were doing our Christmas pictures, I, you know, I, I wear like minimal amount of makeup. Mm-hmm. It's never anything too crazy. And I put mascara on and Dustin looks over and he's like, oh, you're really pretty. <laughs> I was like, I'm a girl. I'm allowed to wear makeup. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. Dusty. (laughs) Oh shit. Uh, Surprisingly, I like country music. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I like playing, you know, like punk pop music better. Oh, yeah. You know, like Blink-182 and Yellow Card, but yeah. I do like country music. Okay. You know, Tommy likes country music, so I grew up with country music. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's we're, fun. We're big Tim McGraw and Jim, Jimmy Buffett people. Oh, boy. Or as I call him, Jimmy Buffet. Jimmy Buffet, yeah. Yeah, Whitney had no <laughs> idea who Jimmy Buffett was, so I was like, Whitney, like, it was our one year anniversary. I was like, you have never heard the song Cheeseburger in Paradise? And she's like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's... Oh, uh, she's a nice Midwest girl. <laughs> she is. She didn't know. So, no, she's from Greenwood, don't forget. Uh, Greenwood. Yeah, she doesn't like telling people that she's from Ohio. She tells everybody she's from Greenwood, South Carolina. Oh. Which I don't think is much better, but maybe thinks it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. There, uh, what is it they say here? There's a been here and a come here or go here. What? Did I just make that up? I think so. <laughs> Uh, my spa- my space like um my my background music is it still shows up on my Spotify Wrapped. That's I, fine. I am not ashamed. <laughs> Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card is always on my Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne is also on there. You did tell me recently you were uh, a big Avril fan. I love Avril. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh shit! I don't think I've been to Dairy Queen in years since I moved here. There's one in Goose Creek, so we should go. <gasps> yeah, or Culver's. Yeah, they're concrete mixers. Holy Listen, fuck, Whitney those are like, so good. Whitney doesn't like Culver's, so <gasps> we can make Dustin take us the next time we record at your house. Yeah. Are you hearing this, Dusty Buns? <laughs> Culver's is next. <laughs>